Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Besides the screen you spent most of your time staring at this week, chances are you are also captivated by a big screen video installation. From billboards to scoreboards, we inform and entertain audiences with our big screen solutions. Visit BigScreenVideo.com.au to see how BSV can bring your space to life. Paul Dannett, the award-winning cricket podcaster as part of Cricket Daily and also Cricket Unfiltered, uh, joins us once again on the night that Australia have taken a 2-0 lead in the Ashes at the Adelaide Oval. G'day, Paul. G'day, Peter. How are you going? Yeah, good. Thank you, mate. Thanks so much for the time once again. Uh, there were small morsels of hope for England along the way, but it was always going to be a tough gig, wasn't it, surviving the day after starting at 4 for 82? Yeah, they did better than I think a lot of people gave them credit for. I saw at the start of the day... On Crickviz, they had a, the draw a 20% chance, and I thought, that is very optimistic. <laughs> um, but when Butler was um, facing more than 200 balls and they were taking it deeper and deeper, I started to think, well, maybe, maybe Crickviz weren't so, weren't so crazy after all, but it is such a long day. Um, and yeah, in the end, Australia won it fairly comfortably. But it, you know, Steve Smith said he wasn't nervous, but I think that there might have been a few players starting to get a little bit nervous. Yeah, most definitely. Uh, too much reinforcement towards the end there. But Pope was the first man out of the day, uh, drawn into playing away from the body when he didn't really need to. He was one of uh, Mitch Stark's six wickets for the match. Uh, he sort of carried the attack at times, didn't he? Yes, and credit to him. Um, I think I was saying that on balance, I would have picked um, Richardson instead of Stark in the first test match. And I think that Stark has, uh, has proven that was the wrong decision and that um, he, he was worthy of his spot on the side. And was the dominant figure in the attack here, as he has always been um, with the pink ball. But I think it's not just that he's just um, a great pink ball bowler. I think he's also just bowling well. And it'll be interesting to see whether they um, pick him for the next test. He was mm. looking pretty awkward with that uh, something of a side strain at times. Um, so there might be a temptation to rest him for, for Melbourne. But uh, I'm sure he's very, very keen to play. Uh, Joe Richardson picks up the last wicket to wrap the 2-0 lead. He gets five wickets in that second innings. Uh, he looked better than his figures in the first innings, even though he went wicketless across that innings. Yeah, he started. His first over was uh, sensational. And uh, I was expecting that he was going to really run through England. And then the, the, the storm came, <laughs> which probably he must have been very disappointed about. Um, yeah, he was. I don't think he was quite at his best in this game relative to some of the Sheffield Shield performances that he put in earlier in the summer. So uh, I was really pleased for him to then pick up a five-wicket haul in the second innings, and, you know, his figures look, look, look superb. So uh, it's also going to be interesting to see what happens with um, his place in the side come the, the Boxing Day test match. There's still doubts about uh, Josh Hazelwood. Certainly, I think Pat Cummins will be coming back into the side. So at least one of them is going to have to miss out. Uh, Steve Smith gets the opportunity to captain the team uh, again, just the second match back into his leadership term. He looked like he really enjoyed it and had a great game as well with the bat and also taking catches galore. Yes, um, I read an interesting piece um, the other day saying that uh, he's kind of, um, because of his own actions in Cape Town and then also the the combination of, of the pandemic and also that Australia's scheduling of test matches has been sort of wound back a little bit, that... 
a player at the prime of his career being talked about as you know potentially the second best we've ever had has played perishingly few test match innings over the last few years and kind of um, some of the great potential that he had to create even more records and score even more runs has been left on the shelf to a, to a degree. But he's got a making up for lost time. I think that that first innings 90-odd was, was superb. Didn't look so good in the second innings. He was um, <laughs> um, could have been out LBW, was dropped, and then got out um, not much uh, later than that. But, yeah, a, a good captaincy. And the one criticism I had has been answered, that I was surprised that he didn't give Cameron Green a bowl more so today. But in the interview afterwards, I just thought he said that was... Um, the backroom staff, the medical medical staff, sort of saying they wanted to manage his um, workload. Green's had some injuries in the past, so um, he gets a tick on. You know, no longer gets a criticism from me on that front as well. So fantastic test match, and um, Pat Cummins will be coming back to the, with a two 0 lead. If we could just compare captains and uh, how they had, uh, or the times that they had across the second test. So we see Steve Smith, uh, you know, keeping the smile on his dial at the end of day five. Uh, Joe Root has to go to hospital for a scan and then uh, comes back. Later in the day, gets hit in pretty much the same spot, uh, we believe, uh, as it's only referred to as an <laughs> abdomen. But just what sort of a tour is Joe Root having at the moment? Uh, one of my colleagues mentioned that he doesn't look like a boy anymore when uh, you see him on TV. And I'm sure he's played over 100 tests or so. But, yes, yeah, just the toll of these tours must be taking it out on Joe Root with everything seemingly going against himself and also the England team. I think the thing that must be most frustrating for him is that they – are seemingly making the same mistakes that they made four years ago. And that I listen to a lot of English cricket talk and chat, and they talk about the Ashes even more than we do. They were talking about, we've got to have a side for the Gabba um, two years ago. And after all this talk and after all this planning, you could sense the frustration in his post-match interview just then saying, yes, we bowled too short and... When we bowled uh, fuller lengths in the second innings, things really started to happen. And it's just, um, it's a little bizarre that they have gone so hard on the planning and yet um, have come away with many of the same criticisms that were leveled against them four years ago. Um, on the positive side for Root, <laughs> his health seems to be okay, which is good. Um, secondly, his own form is just, you know, unbelievable. And I, I can't remember off the top of my head, it's something like 160 or something. Total he would need in the next test match to become to make this the most prolific run scoring year for any batter in history, beating Mohammed Yusuf from Pakistan. So he's in career best form. And even though they lost today, and it's going to be very difficult for them to um, you know draw the series, let alone win back the Ashes, the fact that they showed some fight and took it till well after dark, uh, I think will give him at least something to to build on for Melbourne. Uh, Josh Butler, another with a bit of a weird game. He uh, dropped some yeah, regulation catches. He took some screamers and also put in a massive effort to dig in and make 26 from 207 balls in the second innings. But then he goes and steps on his wickets as well. It's such an unlikely way to go. Yeah, it's a very random sort of game <laughs> yeah. that he had. That, that, as you said, the degree of difficulty of the catches that he took was up there and the degree of difficulty of the catches that he dropped. They weren't all sitters, but they were ones that, you know, he should have taken them all given that he took those difficult ones. <laughs> And I felt for him at the end then because it was an attempt to farm the strike. He was camping back on the back foot to Richardson. And then you could see that he just was looking to push off. And in that pushing off, just trod on his stumps and the the delight of the Australians. (laughs) It was uh, um, such a huge bonus for them. And yeah, I I felt sorry for him. He's regarded as one of the nicest men in world cricket. 
so he can be pretty satisfied with his batting performance, but there will be some talk about whether or not um, folks uh, should be given the gloves for the next test match. I don't think they'll do that, but there'll probably be some sort of speculation to that effect. A couple of Butler's teammates, uh, Anderson and Broad, they were the names that the Aussies were uh, wary about headed into this second test. But uh, five wickets as a return between the two of them over the two innings. Is it a bit much to expect, you know, immediate impact from these guys? They didn't have a lot of opportunity to build up a bit of a head of steam before getting into test match action? Yeah, I think that, um, you know, you, you can't expect miracles and that ultimately Australia batted much better than England did and that makes it difficult. Uh, but I, I do think that... The, the criticism that, that Broad extended, that, that Root extended to them, um, to the entire bowling attack, is certainly true of, of, of Anderson and Broad as well. That they were a little bit too short, and but uh, you know they, they were tidy. And coming to Melbourne, if Anderson gets a game, he can reflect on the fact that it was Boxing Day 2010, a day that's still etched into my mind as possibly my worst day as an Australian supporting fan. Where. Anderson bowled Australia out uh, for 98 and England were, I think, none for 150 or something at Stumps and that was the day that um, effectively won the Ashes back for England. It's the only um, successful tour that England has had in Australia since 1986-87. So if he can get a a cold morning, uh, an English-style morning in Melbourne, uh, Anderson can certainly still have a big impact in the series. That's uh, yeah, a certain memory to have uh, etched in there, Paul. Uh, the Aussies' main <laughs> problems, I guess, is the embarrassment of Richmond, uh, Riches as far as form goes. Uh, they got the best of both worlds in that uh, Cummins COVID scare that they got to pick both Nisa and also Richardson when they had to make a choice of one or the other uh, earlier this week. Uh, so how do you think uh, the sort of playoff between the two has gone uh, between Nisa and Richardson? Yes, I think that um, Richardson uh, was in front, obviously, because he was the one that was first named, and I don't think that Nisa did enough in this match to jump ahead of him. Um, I think they both had uh, decent matches uh, without being absolutely as right at the, 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 the top of their potential. Richardson would, of course, point to his second-inning fifer and say he can't do much more than that. But, you know, pretty, pretty um, decent debut from Nisa. Got some runs, um, bowled tidily, so... I think he will be the one to miss out in Melbourne, assuming that the others come back. Uh, and you're about 50-50 or maybe a rest for Stark as well um, after you know he did injure himself a little bit uh, while he was out to bat. And uh, also probably he wants to continue on the momentum that he's built so far across the first two tests. Yeah, it's a really difficult one because he, he sort of... A, there's, there's the putting the injury to one side. Obviously, if the injury is um, mm. too severe, then that'd, that'd be crazy to risk him. But uh, he he has been someone in the past that builds on momentum and gets stronger. And um, that was one of the criticisms in 2019 in England that he didn't get much of an opportunity. Then when he did, he played quite well. And then they didn't pick him for the fifth and final Test match, which was probably a mistake. But then you look at last summer where. Towards the end, he was starting to lose some impact. And, um, you know, I think if they had their time again, they would have rotated him out, certainly for the fourth Test match. So, yeah, my my inkling is that if he's actually fighting fit, then I think they probably will play him in in Melbourne. Mm. Uh, Marcus Harris is the only negative framed question for the Aussies to get around at the moment. But with the win, the consensus seems to be that they can carry the opener into form? I think so. And also, I think that's the... Um, as we've discussed before, I think that's the philosophy that they want to have. They yeah, want to say yeah. that we, we picked them. We picked the players for a reason, and um, you know, two Test matches. No matter that he didn't look all that great, we look at the body of work over the course of his whole career, um, and he has had decent, um, decent returns in recent years. 
Um, I think it'd be a, li- a little bit more interesting if this was, you know, the, if this next test match was to all a series decider, then I think they would um, be forced to be a little bit more ruthless. But two nil up, and um, I think they'll keep him. Outside of the fight that you mentioned, uh, were there any other positives for England to take away from this match? Um, I think um, Root and Milan continue to to be positives. Uh, Milan, especially because I think Root, you know, you know, you kind of bank on that. His record in Australia isn't as good as the uh, as his record elsewhere, but w- which is interesting because it's kind of following the same trend where he gets starts in Australia but hasn't gone on to convert them to massive scores, which was the only criticism that was really ever levelled against him as a batter. And then in the last couple of years, everywhere else he's been getting hundreds galore. So. Um, and Milan got a century last time round. Um, looks looks in pretty good touch. Yes, I think those those two are the positives. Ben Stokes, um, I don't think he's far away from having a a significant impact. Um, Ollie Robinson still again bowled bowled pretty decently. Um, I, I think the concern is that you know you can swap out Wokes and bring in Wood, and I think that's something that they will do. And they might look to bring a spinner back in, but Hasib Hamid, um, Rory Burns. Uh, not looking as though they're really giving all that much to the top of the order. And Ollie Pope is another one that's very disappointing. But he's, he has a fine first-class record, but has looked all at sea so far, really struggling against Nathan Lyon. I wouldn't be surprised if they um, omit him and bring in Johnny Besto. All right. And, uh, yeah, a bit more energy maybe with uh, Johnny Besto coming into the squad as well. It uh, looks yeah, just bereft of uh, yeah, just any vibe or energy a lot of the time out there where England are out to field. It's tough. I mean, you know that they haven't had the greatest of preparations, mm. a lot of rain in Brisbane, and then, you know, it, it does seem to be one of the features of England tours in Australia when they go wrong is that it's just this gradual attritional <laughs> grinding down, that the heat, the day after day of the pitches that are flatter and the ball that doesn't do as much, and gradually they fight hard and they fight hard, but then one after another, things start to go wrong, and there's usually a few injuries and... Um, Catches go down and heads drop. I, I think they're not at that stage yet. And I, I do think, as I said earlier, that they will take some heart from the, the fight that they showed today. And I hope for the series' sake that they can um, you know, get the better of conditions in Melbourne and, and um, put Australia under some pressure. But, yeah, potentially another 5-0 is, um, is potentially on the cards. Great stuff, Paul. I appreciate the time as always, mate. Have a Merry Christmas from myself and the listeners. We'll catch up again soon. Merry Christmas, Ada. Speak to you soon. That was Paul Dennett, the award-winning cricket podcaster. He is uh, part of Cricket Daily and also Cricket Unfiltered and joins us once again after the Aussies take a 2-0 lead in the Ashes series. When making the double chicken deluxe at Macca's, we wanted to improve on the perfect combo of tender Aussie chicken with cheese, tomato and aioli. So we doubled it. Chicken and Macca's together and loving it. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Available after 10.30am for a limited time only.